Well, hello, everyone. This is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky, tucked away under the tall timbers here in Colorado. It is Monday, December the 4th, 2023. Thank you so much uh, for joining us, and I am so excited about our guest today. First time on the program, although he's joined us for one of our premier uh, sessions, and uh, he and I have interacted uh, a few times uh off air, but Patrick Wood is going to be with us today to talk about the evil twins of technocracy and transhumanism. Now, if you've read my books, you know that I, I cite uh, Pat Wood quite uh, liberally. Uh, he was a key uh, source for me in all of his works that he's put out there, probably the preeminent scholar uh, on technocracy. And uh, so I found myself reading his uh, articles and his books and did not know him, but uh, knew that he was uh, uh, quite well respected and really resonated with so much of what he was exposing in the realm of of the the coming global technocracy. And really, as he's probably going to tell us, it's pretty much already upon us. So anyway, we connected after my books came out and through some mutual friends, and I'm so delighted that the Lord allowed our paths to cross. Uh, consider him uh, just a great resource and a great friend. So uh, we'll be, bring him on here in just a moment. I know you'll be delighted to hear what he has to say. Very important information that I think every believer needs to be aware of uh, as we eagerly await the Lord's return. Um, before we bring him on, though, a couple of quick announcements. Uh, this week, I'm at uh, the pre-trib conference, and Pat Wood is actually here with us. So if you're in the Dallas metro area, uh, or of course, if you're at the conference, be sure you stop by and say hello to us at the booth. My family will be with me, uh, at least some of them. We haven't decided for sure uh, who's going to be with us uh, as we pre-record this podcast, but uh, you'll get to meet me and my wife for sure. And, uh, and of course, try to stop by Pat's booth as well. I'm sure he would love to say hello. Um, but uh, we've got a great week of podcasts, uh, even though we are uh, on the road this week and uh, what the wonders of technology we can record on the road and we can pre-record. And uh, so tomorrow, we've got Jeremy Thomas on to talk about Israel, grace, and the coming kingdom. First-time guest, you will absolutely love him. Known him for 20 years, pastor, academician, brilliant man, and uh, really has some profound things uh, to say about uh, Israel and what all is going on over there. So that's tomorrow. Wednesday, we'll have our regular world events update with Randy, uh, hoping to have Shane on this week for a technology update. And then Friday, we've got our interview with uh, Tom Hughes on Hope for Our Times that's going to be airing on the program, uh, on the podcast here Friday. So uh, as we think about technocracy and transhumanism, words that I'm going to ask Pat to define here in a moment, uh, I thought of uh, a couple of passages uh, that, that came to mind to use sort of as our devotional springboard this morning. Uh, Proverbs 21, uh, 31, in the last verse in Proverbs chapter 21, keeping in mind that the verse and chapter divisions uh, were not part of the original text, but what we call Proverbs 21, 31 says, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. And I love that verse because it's a great reminder of the balance between trusting God and yet being prepared. In fact, three verses later, in chapter 22, verse 3, we have one of the key foundational proof texts for the principle of preparedness when the Bible tells us a wise person sees trouble coming and prepares for it, whereas the simple pass on and are punished. And so I think it's important 
when we talk about the types of things we're going to be discussing on the program today, to remember that this is we're covering this as a to sound a warning, as as a warning of sorts. You know, First Thessalonians 5, 6 reminds us that we don't need more sleepy Christians. We need people to be awake and to see what's coming and to stand firm and to prepare to protect their family. And sadly, many believers have gotten caught up in just uh, the the cultural milieu and and are, are a part of the apostate church, and they're just kind of going along blind to what's happening. And it's precisely that group that's going to really suffer the most if the Lord tarries is coming and we find ourselves in a full-fledged one-world system led by a tyrannical uh, technocracy. And so we talk about this, write about this, and I know this is Pat's heart, uh, in order to sound the alarm. But of course, uh, you know, we understand that we, through it all, uh, our motive is faith. Our, our goal is to trust God. We're saved by faith, and that's how people become part of the family of God to begin with and are born again. The Bible is very clear that we're all sinners. We need a Savior. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, took our place on the cross, paid our sin debt, defeated death, hell, and the grave when He rose on the third day, and now He uh, offers freely to all the gift of eternal life, if you'll simply trust Him for it. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever believes in me has everlasting life, John six forty seven. So we want those who may be stumbling upon this podcast first and foremost to know that you need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. But then as believers, we walk by faith as well. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 7, that we should walk by faith and not by sight. So absolutely undergirding all that we do, in our Christian life, as we await the Lord's return, is trusting Him. Uh, in fact, there's an old there's an old song uh, hymn that uh, you may have grown up like I did, singing in churches called "Trust and Obey," for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Well, I'd like to modify that uh, hymn title and say today, in such an urgent time as this. Maybe it would be better to think in terms of trusting and preparing. Trust and prepare. Uh, we do both. We trust the Lord, but we don't blindly presume upon Him. We follow the words of Scripture that says a wise man prepares for trouble and uh, you know sees trouble coming and prepares for it. So we want to trust and prepare. And so with that little uh, encouragement, uh, let's bring on my good friend Patrick Wood. Pat, thanks so much for taking time out of your uh, busy schedule to, to join the Not By Works podcast. Uh, really good to be with you today. Just amazing. Thank you. Well, you are, you've been such a blessing to me and it's so nice when you, when you read somebody's research and it's so detailed and articulate and well-worded. I, I, I'm, by the way, I want to encourage folks right out of the shoot here. If you don't have his book that came out last year called the evil twins of technocracy and transhumanism. Wow. This is a must have for anybody to have on their shelf. It, it goes into greater detail even than I do in my newest book, Rise of the Global Technocracy, uh, in some areas, and it is phenomenal. They can get it at technocracy.news, just like you can buy our resources at notbyworks.org. He, too, has an online store, technocracy.news. You can get it anywhere books are sold, but you know we kind of believe that... Uh, that Jeff Bezos has enough money, so we we want to support good causes. So technocracy.news, uh, while you're there, you can sign up for his premium service, and I'm sure he'll talk a little bit more uh, about, uh, about his website. Uh, but anyway, it's so nice when you read books like this and read research papers and and then you get to meet the author which is rare you don't often get to to meet the authors that you cite uh and the guy turns out to be such a gracious kind kind-hearted 
godly believer, and uh, and that was just so encouraging to me. Uh, we have some mutual friends, uh, Tom Hughes, Leo Homan, Mary Danielson, and others that have uh, that have kind of helped to uh, connect us. So I'll stop gushing, but if you can't tell, I'm I'm a little bit. Uh, in awe of getting to to talk with uh, with you and uh, for our listeners, we do these interviews by a video, uh, uh, you know, by Zoom, so we're able to see each other. And uh, I, I'm sure now that I've fumbled all over myself, I've completely <laughs> lost uh, lost his respect. But I tell you what, uh, Pat, seriously, um, this is right up my alley. So why don't you dive in by right here, right here at the beginning of the book on the title page? You have a subtext that. It gives us a one sentence uh, definition of technocracy and transhumanism. Uh, I'm not going to limit you to one sentence, but give us a succinct uh, statement of those two concepts. I've defined them in my book, but uh, I'd like to hear it from you. Well, first off, technocracy uh, is an economic system that was uh, coined in the 1930s. And um, it's not very well understood today, for sure. I've been talking about it for years, but, you know, I'm I'm a lone uh, wolf here, <laughs> by and large. But um, the technocrats themselves in that, uh, in 1937, I believe, uh, said themselves that technocracy was the science of social engineering. That's hmm. what they started with. Hmm. Then they went on to talk about their economic system, what, how it's going to be a resource-based economic system versus um, a su supply and demand. Uh, what we know about, you know, money. You know, you got uh, uh, demand goes up. Uh, you know, more people make a product. Somehow it balances out over the years. That's not what they envisioned at all. They envisioned that all resources would be controlled by them. That was, uh, by the way, the scientists and engineers at Columbia University, no less. And that was the prime uh, area you uh, where academia lived back then. Uh, they thought that they could do better than capitalism or free market economics and they uh, had, of course, the Great Depression at the time. That didn't set, set well with a lot of people in the food lines. Mm. Um, but they thought they could do better. So they rewrote uh, from scratch an economic system that just didn't, um, well, it was, it, it was otherworldly, really. And then, uh, so we see it this today as a fast forward as for instance, the United Nations Sustainable Development Program, Agenda 2021, uh, uh, 2030 Agenda. These are all manifestations of uh, technocracy where you have an, a resource-based economic system where they control all the resources and we don't get to do, do anything but just consume, I guess. So... Um, that's where technocracy started. It's been through history, you know, it's, it's appeared, it has, has disappeared, appeared again, and now it's really stuck on the world to, uh, to conform the world to this new economic system. Yeah. Now, having, 
But one, one, one second, let me interject. Before we get to transhumanism and the connection between the two, yeah. let me ask a couple of follow-ups here about technocracy. So you talk about they, meaning these uh, intellectual elites back at Columbia, back in the you know, 20s and 30s. Yeah. Um, but in your book, you have a chapter on, you know, who's driving this train and, of course, yes. the Great Reset, which you just alluded to. Um, do you see this ultimately as a, a spiritual spiritually led battle uh by by the devil himself well you know in in the end of it you have to you have to assume that the more you look at it you you'll see that no one person ever had all of it at the same time it came from multiple people and it has come from mul multiple people even today like uh, Klaus Schwab at, in Harari and other, other, these other people. There's, there's uh, well, M Elon Musk too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, these people are still uh, parroting the same lines from technocracy from the 1930s. For instance, universal basic income. That, that didn't just pop out of the, uh, nowhere today. That was a key a concept of technocracy back in the 1930s universal mm -hmm. basic income so uh, you know the, the 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 when people don't study the history of something they have no idea really where it came from where the idea you know that that's so true in many areas <laughs> but this is one that's really snuck up on us in so many ways yeah so technocracy um it has, you know, various nuances in its beginnings, which is often the case because a lot of uh, people in positions of power, whether that be in academia or or technology or government or banking, a lot of them are kind of on a need to know basis, and they're they're you know coming at it from one angle. They don't recognize that it's all kind of intertwined. And so, as it has emerged now over the last hundred years, uh, as as I describe in my book, it really has come to mean essentially rule by technology, right? Using technology as a control mechanism, and you've got a a chapter that addresses that very well on the control grid aspect of it. So talk to us a little bit about uh, where, how it has evolved. And then, uh, you know, we can segue also into how it connects to and intersects with transhumanism. Yes. Yes. It would be good to lay the, some uh, foundation for this by talking about scientism. Scientism is a philosophy uh, that underpins both technocracy and transhumanism. Scientism proposed that scientists and engineers should be the ones that lead society, not politicians, not uh, discourse or whatever, uh, but that, um, that somehow the scientists were better than anybody else. That's that's what uh, Henri de Saint-Simone said in somewhere around 18... Five, uh, five. Um, that's crazy thinking today, especially when you think of out. Uh, Anthony Fauci stood up and said <laughs> that you can you can attack me, but I just represent the science. <laughs> Don't question the science, folks. Yeah, never this question was, the science. <laughs> this was hashed out in this last century very well by n multiple people. 
uh, talked about and wrote about um, scientism, including C.S. Lewis, by the way. I, this lot I don't like about C.S. Lewis, but he really nailed uh, scientism. And um, so this was the evil philosophy behind this uh, thing we call technocracy and transhumanism. The idea of scientific scientism is, is um, that the world is a mechanistic world. There's no such thing as um, life per se. It's just as the as atoms, uh, chemical reactions, sort, that sort of thing. And so the more you research that thing or scientists look into it, uh, what C.S. Lewis concluded in his studies were, were in philosophical studies, what this ends up when you, when you remove the humanists, you remove the life from things, where you end up is to, um, the, the title of his book actually was The Abolition of Man, mm. where science uh, looks into things of nature, not realizing that, that they're not going to capture nature, but rather nature is going to consume them <laughs> in yeah. the end. And this was, um, you know, this was a proposition. And we see this today for all of these people are doing today to, to, to destroy the world <laughs> with technocracy and with uh, transhumanism. It's all destructive. It's not doing anything for anything, uh, you know, not leading anybody to life, especially not spiritual life. Amen. Yeah. And, and, and so, yeah. And so that, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So, well, I just, just to say, that's where we need to frame uh, technocracy and trans transhumanism, understanding that scientism is what's behind it. Yeah. And you, you, you make that case very well as you lay out, lay out the case in your book. Uh, but yeah, you know, talking about their destructive tendencies, a lot of people, you know, don't understand that, that technocracy and transhumanism are not merely trying to replicate mankind. And I talk a lot about that. Satan wants to be the creator. He, he cannot be the creator, but that's what he's striving to be is to be like God. I will be like the most high, he said. And, uh, and so they're not only trying to replicate God's highest pinnacle of creation, but they're trying to eliminate God's high. I mean, they are trying to destroy it. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, Jesus mm -hmm. says. And he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. So, yeah, I bet a lot of our listeners really, uh, you know, even if they read uh, Abolition of Man, had no idea that Lewis was really making that connection uh, directly between what we now see uh, happening day by day at warp speed, no pun intended, uh, before our very eyes, uh, is really something that many people have been sounding the alarm about for a long time. And it, it coalesces perfectly with Bible prophecy that Satan, as I talk about in, in my last book, uh, is trying to create a full-spectrum planetary control grid where the Antichrist and false prophet can exert utter tyrannical control, um, you know, the mark of the beast system as we see it in Scripture. And clearly, the only way that that's going to be able to take place is with the aid of man-made technology, because they are not omniscient and omnipresent. So, uh, so continue as we talk about transhumanism. Let's let's explain that a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting that how they've dovetailed together over maybe the last twenty years. There, there was no 
direct link, say, 50 years ago between technocracy and transhumanism. But because they, they both enjoy the same science, the scientific base, uh, they've become uh, bedfellows, if you will. They're, they're, they're fast friends now. Maybe I call them the, the evil twins, actually. Join at the, wit, join at the hip. <laughs> um, and we see the two of them uh, present, for instance, uh, in the World Economic Forum, where uh, Klaus Schwab, speaking on the behalf of the WF, uh, talks about technocracy via the great reset of the economic system. But he also talks about the reset of humanity itself to live in this system that he's trying to imagine and created, uh, the economic system. The, the concept is here. This is, the way, this is the way I view it. They say, if we're going to create a new uh, system, economic system, uh, a utopia, why would you want to put broken old humans in it that destroyed this the last system? Hmm. Why would you do that? You wouldn't. Well, you need to create new people. You need to re reform humanity altogether and put it in, make it ready for this new system. It's clearly stated now in their own documents. This is the plan: the economic system and the people that will live in and live it, live in it, and play in it, or whatever you know, operate it. So this is this is a, a kind of an ex, ex, uh, surprise ending. <laughs> this whole thing yeah well it's it's a surprise maybe for those who weren't watching and it but it's no surprise to satan that's been his goal all along and yes. you're right i cite klaus schwab at least half a dozen times and i know he's said this dozens and dozens of times in his writings and speeches but frequently saying we need to redefine what it means to be human they're trying to get us to understand that uh, humanity as god created it was a colossal failure in their view that it's weak it's dangerous it's destroying the planet that's what the whole climate hoax thing is about and so they need to transcend humanity and make it better build back better isn't just an economic catchphrase it's a anthropological catchphrase is that right yes sir exactly right that's exactly right and we i i always uh, think to myself at least i remember what the word that he uses most frequently is reimagine. Mm. This is a, a loaded term that we need to get get in touch with. When they say they're going to reimagine the world or reimagine reimagine humanity, um, this is this is beyond just specifying the criteria. They're saying literally they're going to take it out of their own mind. It, imagine what you will. They're going to take all that imagination and they're going to turn it into reality. Mm. That doesn't work. <laughs> we don't create re reality through our imagination. You remember the the the, the peace sticker? Uh, imagine peace. Imagine world peace or think yeah, world what, peace. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it that way. It doesn't happen. <laughs> but that's the marching orders that they have 
is to reimagine everything and just pull it out of pull it out of the sky and that's what they're giving us for a future now on top of that maybe maybe they don't really understand what that means reimagine but i can guarantee you that the devil knows what it's all about yeah yeah (laughs) yeah he's god spoke the world into existence god is eternal god eternally exists in three persons father son and holy spirit and uh, he spoke the world into existence, time, space, and matter. Uh, and in in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. You know, it, it, language uh, is an invention of God, which he then used to create time, space, and matter. So in a very real sense, yeah, God conceived, planned, you know, forethought, all of it. You know, he's sovereign. Uh, the Bible says our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Well, Satan covets that type of sovereignty. And we know this from Isaiah that he's, he sought to overcome God in heaven and wanted to be like God and ascend to the heavens and take the throne. And God, uh, of course, quashed that coup pretty decisively. So Satan took one third of the angels, and now he's dedicated his entire focus to trying to replicate what God did by reimagining. And, you know, Pat, by the way, we're talking with Patrick uh, M. Wood. He's the uh, uh, prolific author, writer, investigative journalist. If we have time, I'd love to get into some of your uh, research and some other areas like uh, the Trilateral Commission and so forth. But uh, his, his book from last year, is the evil twins of technocracy and transhumanism also highly recommend technocracy the hard road to world order technocracy rising uh and uh you can find out more about him at technocracy.news where you can uh, sign up to be a a premium member and and get access to unbelievable uh, information that is so relevant for uh today but yeah satan is is wanting to you know to to reimagine things and and i can remember Patrick, that catchphrase really beginning back in the early 90s, at least in religious circles, because as a young seminary graduate, I uh, was sounding the alarm about a conference called the Reimagining Conference in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Absolutely. It just, wow. Yeah. It was blasphemous. I mean, they were completely, you know, saying, we don't need Jesus on the cross. We don't need this. We don't need, you know, and it was just uh, put on by a bunch of, uh, you know, liberal, progressive, socialist, um, blasphemous uh, denominations that had long ago departed from the authority of God's word. And so I I believe, now you, you, you've you read enough of my stuff to know that I'm a bit conspiratorial, uh, but I believe I can back it up, uh, that uh, this a lot of this is not organic. I think it's uh, des- by design as Satan's top-tier henchmen, the ones that literally get their marching orders directly from him in dark, smoke-filled rooms, uh, they are the ones that are planting key people in key positions of uh, authority in the media and business and finance and science and education. And and these people may not even know they're part of a broader Luciferian conspiracy. Many of them do know that. But uh, whether they know or not, they are promoting this uh, this concept of, of transhumanism. So please continue. Yeah, yeah. Well, transhumanism, in any case, it, uh, what is, it proposes to escape death, for one thing, uh, that's a prime uh, directive for them to figure out a way to escape death altogether and live forever. Uh, in other words, being immortal. Um, but in, in, 
in the in the meantime, they're also talking about various things of um, about life extension. Uh, you'll see uh, billionaires today uh, like Elon Musk and uh, Bezos and Peter Thiel, people like that. The the multi multi big billionaires have invested millions of millions hundred hundreds of millions of dollars into life extension uh schemes um it, it's it's crazy mm -hmm. most people look at it especially christians ought to look at this what what is this stuff about immortality why are they putting all this money into that um it, it just for maybe maybe because people kind of they fall into the uh the, what was presented in the book future shock so many years ago where people just can't conceive anymore what's going on and they just attribute it to magic <laughs> they can't see the, the 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 wheels or the gears turning they just say well it must be magic that's kind of where it, this is for a lot of people this is where it is there's no basis for whatever for it it's um but now nevertheless they're moving forward mm -hmm. with their with their schemes to ultimately conquer death and i got bad news for them they're not going to do it no i mean that's that's exactly right that's satan's number one lie that he told yeah. in the garden is right. you can sin and get away with it death isn't a reality that, that death is nothing and you won't have to face death you won't die and so he's been trying to overcome death ever since now um, you know, he, he received the mortal wound at Calvary, so he's already lost this battle. But one day, the Bible is very clear that uh, he's going to be cast into the lake of fire, which was prepared for him and his angels. And so that's what Jesus said. So, uh, yeah, they they want to eliminate death. Uh, you know, by the way, you, you mentioned at the outset of the program how important it is to understand history and understand the background of, of kind of where this started in in academia at Columbia and so forth. Uh, it was George Santayana, that that former Harvard uh, professor, European. I think he was from was he from Spain, but anyway, Spanish for sure. And uh, he uh, he famously said, "Those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it." And I mean, that's a that's a powerful uh, principle, and uh, and, that, and that's why we are trying to sound the alarm uh, on all of this, but. Uh, you know, speaking of Elon Musk, uh, I talked recently on my program with Shane, our resident technologist. I think it was on the podcast entitled Is Technology Out of Control? You know, Elon Musk is really a, uh, you know, an anomaly because sadly, a lot of conservatives are jumping on his bandwagon because he's a bit yeah. avant-garde and, and he's kind of like a Trump in that regard. He just speaks his own mind. He's he's not fully controlled. When you get that much wealth, it's harder and harder to control people. But he is not a good guy. I mean, this guy is a out-and-out -out transhumanist who, you know, wants to accomplish the types of goals that we're talking about here. And even though we might resonate with some of the things that he says here and there, uh, let's not forget, you know, his ultimate allegiance. And I always like to remind people of that. Yes. Let me re remind you and your listeners that Elon Musk's grandfather, he was a chiropractor, uh, Dr. Joshua Haldeman uh, from Canada originally before they went to South Africa. Um, he, the, the grandfather, 
was the head of the technocracy movement in Canada. The whole thing, the whole mm. he was he was the grand poobah, I call him. <laughs> that that was yeah. my chat, not not, not <laughs> yours. But um he was uh, uh that he was in charge of the whole thing. Yeah. And that was a home in South Africa where Elon was born and was raised with that whole philosophy. Yeah. And now people can might understand how does he get this thinking today what he does about wanting to escape the earth with SpaceX and we're going to live in planets and uh, the stars we're going to just escape death all of it you wonder where that comes from it that's part of his upbringing yeah period yeah so you know that this this is a generational thing at this point we're that we're looking at no doubt. And and it also coalesces with, as I explain in my book, artificial intelligence, which was first used in 1955 by Marvin Minsky at Harvard. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's a legend in the in the world of, of AI. He co-founded MIT's AI Laboratory. He's authored several books. Uh, he was also an advisor on Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is, again, here's this coalescence of transhumanism, technocracy, Elon Musk, space, a artificial intelligence, but they all kind of uh, run together. But Minsky uh, uh, was uh, heavily into uh, cryogenics, uh, cryo, uh, what do they call it, cryonics or cryopreservation. Yes. Yes. This idea, like you were just describing, of trying to cheat death and live uh, forever. He's uh, he's a member of the Scientific Advisory Board at Alcor Life Extension Foundation, Um and, uh, you know, it, it's just, I mean, this stuff is satanic to the core, not that everyone involved in it is a card-carrying Satanist by any stretch, no. but, you no, know, no. Jesus was clear, you're either for me or, or you're against me. So there are only two teams you can be on. And whether people realize it or not, when they jump on board these bandwagons, they are advancing Satan's futile objective of trying to take over the world control it transcend humanity and uh and this whole concept of uh of defeating god that's exactly right yeah well said so let's talk about um this uh one of your chapters is on the takeover of all genetic uh material uh wow i mean that's uh are you concerned as i am about all of the 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 DNA stuff that's going on with, you know, track your ancestry and give us your DNA. And I mean, let me just put out a few talking points here because I'm so passionate about this, but you know, the fact that most DNA crime labs across the country were completely corrupt. I mean, that's been on record now. There've been, I mean, thousands of cases overturned, even death row cases because uh, you know, they just literally were making up stuff and claiming it was DNA. And, and it just has opened up as the world has awakened to the science of DNA, it's opened up a whole new playing playground, if you will, for Satan's uh, earthly accomplices. But the bottom line is, going all the way back to Genesis 6, Satan has long sought to understand and get control of human DNA so that he can try, as we talked about, to replicate and eliminate man's highest pinnacle, or God's highest pinnacle of creation, and create his own. So talk to us about that chapter. What what do you mean when you're, how are they trying to take over all genetic material? Well, when we look back to the Agenda 21 conference in 1992, that was held in uh, Rio 
de Janeiro. Um, we see, thanks to some eyewitness eyewitnesses that were there, uh, we see that um, that there was a big surge of people, maybe call them lobbyists you want, whatever, but the, the people from the biotech industry were there. And they skewed the doctrine to be able to um, patent DNA um, to not collect it. Uh, that, well, at, at that point, they really didn't know maybe what they're going to do with it. But the, the idea was for the biotech uh, companies and big pharma to get control out of uh, DNA, not just of humans, but everything on Earth, everything. Now, the law was already established at that point. You cannot patent naturally occurring life. Hmm. That's not uh, ever going to happen. But when DNA is connect, uh, collected from species all over the world, this is a big program with uh, the UN right now to get all species, all iterations of species, in a master database for the world <laughs> for these genetic scientists to look at so any anywhere now they, they can take a snippet of code and insert it into another species or another uh, animal or in humans even then they have something that they could patent because it didn't just you know they engineered it and say well i we took this modified it put it over here and now it's ours well part of it was about ownership and control we see what uh, for instance with what monsanto monsanto did with that with uh, crop seeds for instance but they're also doing it now with humans but now it's not just the 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 the, the free feeding frenzy is not just for patenting things for money but it's to uh, use their imagining process, what could be hap happen with if they took some here, some there, whatever, and put it to all, all in other uh, organisms. This is absolutely patently insane mm. because these ge genetic scientists have no ethical boundary. They have no moral boundary to do what they're doing. And they figured, well, like a true scientist, uh, scientism person would say, uh, you do it because you can, right? Not because there's a moral, uh, uh, you know, thing that you shouldn't do it, <laughs> right? Hey, if we can do it, man, we go for it, and it doesn't matter. Any sky's a, sky's the limit. Yeah, it's, so, it's it's Frankensteinian. I mean, that that's all it is. It's just let's see well, what it, happens it when we do this, it, or let's see what happens when we mix these two beakers, yes. or let's see what happens when we push this button. <laughs> so they they started with seeds that Monsanto demonstrated in the nineties. Then we they went after animals, after like pigs and sheep and chickens, turkeys, fish, etc. Then they went after um, maybe some higher species uh, transgenic stuff. Now, with COVID, and especially with the mess messenger RNA um, injections that were given as a vaccine for COVID, 
uh, now they're messing with humans themselves, mm. directly messing if, with humans. We can see this progression from 1991, where they got the right to do this, to all the way through now, where the the final frontier. You remember the Star Trek movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Wherever wherever man can go, he he will go. Um, but now they've they've discovered that their final frontier frontier is humans themselves. That's why they will. Uh, you'll see this mRNA stuff uh, and flu flu shots now, other vaccines, you name it, the the lid is is off it. And it's been given now to at least seven, excuse me, five billion people in the world who have started their transformation they're trans, what, uh, yeah, trans, whatever. Transcendence. Their, their movement, their movement towards this new uh, species or whatever, you know, that uh, Klaus Schwab talks about. Uh, this is in earnest now. This is where the, it's all progressed from. And now they're messing with human life itself. Yeah, I mean it. It Moderna, you know that company that uh, right. one of their board members, uh, Trump handpicked to be put in charge of Warp Speed. Uh, he, he had been on the board of them immediately before that. He left the board to take the position as the director of Operation Warp Speed, and then turned around and handed three, uh, I forget how much it was, uh, ultimately trillions of dollars uh, to these companies. But a, a huge chunk of that went to Moderna. Talk about a conflict of interest. Yeah. But Moderna. Their tagline, uh, and it was till just a couple of years ago when there was a big outcry about it, it was still on their website. You can still find it in the Wayback Machine. But he, it's uh, their their tagline, and I've got a screenshot of it, was hacking the software of life. <laughs> that That's what they want to do. Moderna, modify your RNA. That's where the name comes from. So uh, this is goes, it's, it's, it's really wild. And this is why so many of us really believe we're living in the last of the last days. You know, I'm not a sensationalist. I'm not a date setter, but the Bible is coming full circle. It started in the early days after creation with Satan and his angels trying to mess with the DNA and corrupt the DNA of the gene pool uh, in Genesis 6. And now here we are seeing this same type of thing uh, happening on a massive uh, global scale. It, it really is a problem, isn't it? It is. <clears throat> and I want to caution people not to believe the lie that uh, the DNA, whether however they might, might manipulate it, uh, is not somehow going to create another race of people. This is dangerous thinking, because if Jesus came to t- save the uh, the race of Adam, how do you know if you don't have genetic? <laughs> you see this? This are yeah. you a hybrid? Because if you if you're not if you are a hybrid, then maybe you can't be saved. <laughs> Right. You know, it's very, very deep uh, theological issues here with this. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, hybrids cannot be saved, obviously. And I've got uh, a guest scheduled. Uh, I don't want to mention his name, but he's an expert yeah. on uh, the Nephilim, and we're going to talk about that. But yeah, Satan cannot replicate 
human life. It was only humanity that God breathed into him the breath of life and has yes. a soul. Only mankind is redeemable. My dog, my cat, that oak tree, the pine trees outside my studio here, they're not redeemable. Only mankind is, yes. uh, but that doesn't stop Satan from trying. Demons, they're not redeemable. Angels, they're not redeemable. That's why, you know, the angels that left their proper domain are locked up in Tartarus until the final judgment when they'll be escorted in shackles straight from there into the lake of fire. But, uh, but yeah, this is, you know, you're not going to ever be able to yes. recreate a new human being. They want to yes. transcend humanity. Yeah. So I would just, all, all I said, I would just uh, caution people don't don't fear if you've taken a shot or many shots doesn't matter don't worry if uh you're not going to become non-human great point <laughs> yeah great point and <clears throat> i'm so glad i kind of missed where you were going with that and i'm so glad you you stuck with it in spite of my uh interjecting my little tirade there about uh, hybrids but no that is a great point you once human always human you cannot become unhuman yeah. You can start out non-human. <laughs> uh, you know, you never can turn yourself into a human if you weren't human to begin with. But if you're human, nothing you do, no matter, you know, what you inject into your body, uh, though it might affect the physical body, uh, yes. it's not going to affect, yes. uh, you know, your eternal soul. The only thing that can redeem the eternal soul of mankind, as we talked about at the outset, is yes. faith alone in Christ alone. Yes. Jesus yes. shed his blood. You know, Bible says, uh, wherefore by one man sin entered the world and death by sin. And so death passed yes. upon all men. What does that mean? Sin is in the blood. You know, <clears throat> we don't become sinners the first time we sin. We are born sinners. David said, I, in at conception, I was a sinner. And so we sin because we're sinners. We don't become sinners by sinning. So we're already a sin and sinner, and we need a blood transfusion, so to speak. So the perfect God-man, Jesus Christ, died on the cross. He was the only one that, since he never sinned himself, could take the sins of the world upon his shoulders, which he did. And then when he defeated death, hell, and the grave at the resurrection, he then now can offer that you know, metaphorical blood transfusion, so to speak, that new life untainted by sin yes. to those who receive it from him by faith. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. And and so th there are a lot of Christians I, I've discovered my, myself personally that are, are afraid. They're afraid this, this, this genetic stuff is going to somehow stick them. Right. And, you know, like, don't, don't fear, don't worry. You're, you're still, yeah, you're still a sinner. You're still going to be saved by this in the same way that you did before. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. And this is also this is also true for for non-believers as well who might be listening to us talking about this, guys. You cannot change what it is to be human. Yes, you can imagine something different, but it's not going to change the reality of it. You are human, and you will die one day. The Bible is very clear on this that this. There's a, a one day appointed for you to die, and then comes judgment. Nobody except Jesus Christ has ever, ever not died. Well, there's another exception too, but yeah. but uh, you get my point. Yeah, everybody dies, and yeah. so you know we need these. These are uh, issues that we still need to grapple with, and 
in addition to all the other stuff we talk about here. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the Bible is clear. Uh, the man's the, the man's ultimate statistic is the same for everyone. One out of one dies. Uh, there will be a generation at the end times uh, that uh, is raptured, the church, the body of Christ, and uh, the Bible teaches that. So the Bible is the only standard for our beliefs, and clearly it says there's going to be a generation that she will not die. Paul says that in 1 Thessalonians 4, we will not all die but we will all be changed. Uh, and so, or I guess 1 Corinthians 15, uh, but absolutely. And by the way, this also has relevance, this discussion of, you know, you can't change your, you know, you can't become non-human and you, and you can't reach a point where you no longer can get saved. Anyone, anyone on planet earth who cries out to the Lord in simple childlike faith can be saved. Jesus said, whoever, he says, come unto me, all who labor, all who labor, for Christ died for the sins of the whole world. So you, this this also applies for unbelievers during the tribulation period after the rapture. You know, a lot of people I've come across them, they think that the mark of the beast is some kind of a genetic injection that's going to keep people from being capable to believe the gospel. Not true. The Bible never says that the mark of the beast is the reason someone goes to hell. It just describes those who go to hell as those who have taken the mark. The, the, from cover to cover, line upon line, Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is clear. The only thing that sends someone to hell is unbelief. And the only thing that will send someone to heaven is belief. And so clearly in for Revelation 13, if you compare yeah. Scripture with Scripture, we have a, a, an, a, a descriptive passage. It's not a cause and effect. Um, uh, believe me, if there were something that someone can do that would immediately cast them into hell, I could have a whole list of egregious sins, you know, child abuse, uh, mass murder, you know, but but thankfully the ground is level at the foot of the cross and grace abounds. And anyone, even the worst sinner who comes by grace through faith to Jesus Christ can have their yeah. sins forgiven. Yeah. The reason I called my Substack account called the, the quickening reports was because of all the people who today are coming out to the out of the fog for the first time mm. maybe they've been deceived all their life about what's going on but they're coming out of the fog there's a process that i not necessarily a, a biblical processing but th there's a a process i call the quickening where people are looking around, they what's going on? Yeah, I, 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 I like I, I come back back to life like a uh, like the Rip Van Winkle, right? <laughs> <laughs> These are the people that we really need to reach right now. Mm -hmm. The ones that are just coming out, they have no clue what they're looking at, but they're looking for people who have answers. Is this mm. kind of harkens a little bit in my mind uh, back to the the sons of Issachar who understood the times what Israel should do now this is about is not about Israel right now but certainly in the sense of the church other people looking around trying to find what's what's going on they're going to me need to look for for people who can give them concrete sensible, answers to what's going on today and there's not many of them around unfortunately no there's not and you just expressed so eloquently my heart and <clears throat> one of the main reasons that we wrote the last uh, three books uh in my little triad spirit of the antichrist volumes one and two and spirit of the false prophet rise of the global technocracy is that we are living in unprecedented times and as you said 
people, the, the Luciferians have somewhat overplayed their hand. Now, that's norm, That's going to happen the closer we get to the return of the Lord. As they move into their final end game, it's going to become more and more obvious. But they really overplayed it with the election, with the pandemic, with the medical tyranny, with the rush to market with the experimental bioinjections. And so a lot of people who don't know the Lord uh, are waking up and they're saying, you know, wait a minute. Now, there have been other things throughout history, especially in the last two or three decades, that have likewise awakened people that, that, that say something doesn't add up. You know, for our awakening happened 17 years ago. And we don't mean awakening, and I know you don't, in a spiritual sort yes. of sense. We're just saying a light bulb goes off and you go, wow, this doesn't add up. And so, as you said, they start searching for more answers. And we've got the answer. We've got the Word of God. Um, So we're about out of time. And um, obviously, we're going to have you back on again, if you're willing. We'd love to have have you be a regular uh, guest, just because you've got so much to offer uh, the body of Christ. But I wanted to touch on, uh, I know you're you're friends with Reiner Fulmich, and a lot of our audience has been keeping up with him. What's the latest with him? And for those who may not know, tell us just a quick synopsis of who he is. Yeah, I know. Well, he, Reiner Fulmish was uh, the international um, attorney who did over 400 interviews with top scientists, medical people in the world uh, about the COVID um, the debacle. And uh, he got quite a rep- reputation, uh, obviously, over that period. Well, he's been arrested in uh, Germany. They, um, it was a long story, but they they nabbed him out of Mexico, and they t- took him to Germany. Nobody's heard, heard from him since. Mm-hmm. Not one public statement anywhere. I can't, I've been following him, and I know Reiner very well myself. I toured with him uh, for several years, several weeks, um, in the Crimes Against uh, Humanity tour that we mm. organized. And I can't find any information on it. I said, Reiner, where are you? <laughs> but I'll tell you, let me tell you just one thing about Reiner. He's a great guy, for one, but he does not know the, the Lord. Please mm. pray for him. He's in prison. I'm sure he's scared out of his mind. Uh, they have their hands on him. They're not being there's no reason for them to be not anything other than ugly with him. Uh, pray for him, for him, for his wife as well, and uh, you know, it just just lift him up in all these areas. Uh, the guy really didn't think he would ever be in this position. I'm sure. Wow. Well, absolutely. Uh, we, we will uh, pray for him. In fact, I'll do that here in just a moment. But uh, we've here at the NBW podcast, we've talked about Reiner Fulmish before on the Christian Underground News Network. I've cited him and talked about him in my first Spirit of the Antichrist volume. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's he's a he's just a great bastion of truth uh, in an otherwise cloud of deception. Uh, and so let me just pray for him real quick before we continue. Father, I just lift up Reiner. Lord, we don't know uh, what is happening with him at this very moment, but Lord, we know that uh, you are drawing all men to yourself, and I pray that he would feel the convicting work of the Holy Spirit in his life, realize that he needs a Savior, and that he would place his faith in Jesus Christ and him alone uh, for salvation. And I pray you'd protect him, and I pray you would just uh, bless him for all that he's done to help awaken people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So thank you for that update. And then um, 
once again, folks, I highly recommend um, you, you you stock your bookshelves with some of uh, Patrick Wood's work. So Patrick M. Wood, uh, we're talking today about the evil twins of technocracy and transhumanism, and we'll have much more to say about that next time. But he's also got technocracy, the hard road to world order, technocracy rising. And then um, we don't have time today, but I was fascinated to learn as we have begun talking of your connection. And again, it was my own ignorance because, you know, your books are out there for anybody to purchase, but your connection with Anthony Sutton, yes, another man who's no longer with us, but, uh, you know, he was not uh, necessarily a believer as far as we know. Is that right? No. But, uh, you know, he was certainly a truth teller and, you know, he would, he was out there uh, exposing a lot of the global elites and so forth. Uh, uh, But anyway, we'll talk more about that uh, next time, uh, folks can uh, sign up for your uh, premier content at technocracy.news, and they can also purchase these books uh, there. Any closing thoughts, uh, Pat? No, you know, we've covered a lot of ground. I just, uh, you know, again, do not fear. How many times does the Bible tells us, especially in the New Testament, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. Amen. This is not about fear at all. We, I don't ever want to put a Christian in a place that that they start fearing for some for their life or whatever. God is going to take care of you. Period. Amen. Yep. You know, I I'm a list, lifting testimony of this right now. <laughs> through through a heart attack and a stroke this year, he's been faithful to me. He's I'm still here, and I recovered from a major stroke just a few months ago. Yep. Everybody says it's a miracle. And I know all the people have been praying for me. Yeah, that's a miracle. But God has been faithful. And we have no reason to fear, fear his hand in our life for sure. Praise God. I mean, and yes, so many people were praying for you. I remember when I first heard about your heart attack from my friend, our mutual friend, Tom Hughes. And I just, my heart sank because I had not met you at that point, but I had already learned, you know, through some connections that I could, that all I had to do is have someone connect us. And I was wanting to do that. And I thought, Lord, no, I mean, this can't be his time. There's so much more for him uh, to do. And the Lord wasn't through with you yet, my my brother. And uh, we're so thankful. And uh, we, uh, as long as uh, as we're both still kicking, let's let's have these conversations for the benefit of, of the body of Christ. And, uh, and uh, yeah, you're recovering very well by the way folks if you know our folks are used to me stumbling over my words so it's nothing new but if you see if he seems like he's searching for a word and can't find it that's just because you know he's still recovering from a stroke and doing remarkably uh well and uh you know i know that you've got so much up there in that amazing brain that it's just you're trying to get it out is uh is uh what we what we want what we're striving for so thank you so much my friend folks uh, as you said we're never to be scared but always prepared that's the key and the bible preparedness is a biblical concept that involves knowledge understanding research and in a day such as today there's no excuse for believers not to access truthful information out there about what is is going on in this big cosmic uh, struggle. So uh, stay in touch with us at notbyworks.org, notbyworks.org. You can sign up for our newsletter there. comes out Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, You can sign up uh, for our uh, premier subscription, similar to what uh, Pat Wood has. Uh, And of course, you can reach out to us too at our 1-800 number or our email address if we can help with anything. And uh, just keep us in your prayers. Thanks so much for your support and encouragement. 
And again, this podcast is airing uh, while we are down in Dallas at the pre-trib conference. Uh, Pat will be there. Uh, My my family and I will be there. Many other great speakers and uh, exhibitors. Uh, If you're in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth metro area, we're out at the Sheraton uh, DFW Hotel. That's where the conference is being held. But you can learn more at our website notbyworks.org. Love to say hello and put a name with the face. So God bless everyone. We're so grateful for your time. Have a great rest of the week.